Hi and welcome to episode 76 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Reportage and the Shepardage family, and I'm a photographer too. It was a real pleasure to chat to the very talented and lovely Emma Collins for this week's podcast. Emma is an award-winning documentary family photographer. She was ranked third in the UK on the Shepardage family for 2020, and also a co-founder of Made for Documentary, an educational platform for documentary family photographers. Emma has so many great stories to tell and advice to share in today's episode, including her top tips for improving your documentary family photography skills, how she became a photographer, her experience of studying and living in France, the story behind one of her specific Reportage Family Awards, storytelling, best ever friends episodes, and so much more. By the way, just to let you know that the deadline for our next round of awards is soon. Submit by 2359 BST on 24th of May 2021. This deadline is the same for both our sites. This is Reportage for weddings, and this is Reportage Family for, well, family. Members receive 60 individual awards and 18 story award entries per year, along with many other benefits. Find out all the details and join us at thisreportage.com or thisreportagefamily.com. Right, over to Emma. Hey, Emma, how you doing? Good, thank you. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. How's things uh, with you? Where, where, where are you based in the UK? Uh, so I'm in St Albans, so just north of London. Okay, cool, cool. Nice, nice. I don't think I've ever been. Have I been? No, no, I don't think I have. Yeah, it's a kind of like, mm, it's a commuter town, really. Right, okay. It sounds nice. It's got a nice name. It is nice. We've got a cathedral and it's all this um, Roman stuff, you know, there's Roman remains and things. So it's kind of cool, but um, it's like, it's a bit dull as well. (laughs) (laughs) Talking talking of dull, it's dull weather here in Cornwall today. How about how about with you? Are you in Cornwall? Oh, I'm jealous. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. You've got a bit of blue sky, a bit of clouds that look like they could have some... We're in May, aren't we? It feels like April showers. Does it, is it I doing know. pretty much? It is just the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So often there's like a big sort of deluge and then it's all right. Yeah. It's bizarre, isn't it? We've not, we've not had some proper nice warm weather yet, I think. It's... No, because last year, because obviously everyone remembers last year because we were in lockdown. <laughs> then it was basically beautiful weather the whole time wasn't it yeah, it's true yeah. yeah as soon as we're not allowed to go outside yeah. like the sun opened up and it was glorious yeah um yeah. you've mentioned it there then let's talk about it obviously so well, yeah what was what was 2020 like for you you know both you know business wise or mentally wise how, how was it the elephant in the room at the moment <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I can't yeah. have a conversation without it no it's all right actually it was okay I mean obviously um my work was affected but mm. I don't know I, I mean the first lockdown so I've got three kids I've got an 18 year old no nearly 18 actually so I'm adding a couple of months on um and it's an a-level year a 17 uh, year old a 15 year old and a 10 year old right um so in the first lockdown the older two just you know got on with their work but I had to do I, was, I spent loads of time with my youngest just you know to help her with her schoolwork and stuff and mm-hmm. the school wasn't didn't give so much at that point it was all a bit new and so we had lots of time on our hands and I was like her her main source of um company oh and um you know because her older brother and sister are a bit boring you know they're not anyone who play with her. <laughs> yeah. um and I think so in a way the fact that 
my work came to a standstill for those, was it two months, three months or something? It was actually quite nice, you know, and we did the little photo project together. Oh, is that with like little dolls and things? Yeah, it kind of came because she's really creative and she's really into dolls and like, you know, because there was nothing else to do. She was playing with them a lot and she likes making things from them. You should see her room. I should put some pictures of her room that we can't actually get into her room because it's just like a town for small dolls. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, obviously that kind of, that lockdown almost allowed her to grow that hobby. And it just, you know, she's just making really cool, what I would call sets. Obviously she was just like, <laughs> they were her doll's house. And so we started taking pictures of them and it kind of grew. So that was, that was quite good fun. It was a really nice little thing to do together. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. Bonding and photography yeah, as well. Yeah. Nice. yeah. And it was really confidence building for her as well. So that, that was kind of a really nice positive thing that came out of that because I didn't have so much to do at that point. And then in the summer, it kind of returned to normal a bit actually. Work-wise or? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, I think it was harder for wedding photographers, but for families, you could go back to doing um, some work. And then, and, and so obviously every, anything that had been cancelled as well, postponed rather in the first bit. So I had quite a lot of work over there. Yeah, um, that's good. Summer and managed to work right up until the, was it a November lockdown? I think we had here. Oh, right. It was, wasn't it? I lose track of when they began and stuff. But it, wasn't. it must have been just before that. I had a family that I photographed before who phoned me the week before that happened, I think it was just the day before it was announced. They rang me and said, oh, we've just had another baby. <laughs> Can we have yeah. another photo shoot with you? And I sent some dates. And then by the time they got the dates, there'd been the lockdown announced. So uh, we're like, okay, well, we better do it like today, <laughs> tomorrow or oh. something. So so it was right right up until that that second lockdown I was working. which was- Oh, that's good. You get managing to do quite a bit of work. And how's it looking now for the rest of the, you know, for the this um, year coming ahead? Quite a lot of stuff that's been postponed that was postponed longer than, you know, a few mm. months. So some of it was like um, like family occasions that then couldn't happen. Uh, yeah. They've been postponed. So I'm hoping quite a lot of those will definitely go ahead now. It feels more and more likely, actually. Yeah, and they're going to be so kind of momentous to capture as well, well isn't it? Those kind of family gatherings. Yeah, I think it'll be really um, intense, actually. Um because I get quite a lot, I don't know whether this is the same for many family folks, I get quite a lot of um, 70th birthdays where oh, cool. the the children of the older people <laughs> have bought it as a birthday present for their their parents oh, yeah. to have like, you know, a day recorded that's sort of like their birthday party and oh. Day with all the family and the grandkids and stuff. So, so I had a few of those that were supposed to happen last year that didn't. So I think they're going to be the sort of seventy first. So. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That must be really fun to capture those. Yeah, I think. it's really nice. Yeah, and they're often like you know people like um, in different locations as well, or like summer houses and things. So they can be quite nice. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, it's my my dad's eightieth uh, this Sunday coming up actually. Oh my gosh, that's a big momentous. Okay, are you doing it? Well. Anything? Yeah, the next day is when uh, restaurants can open in the UK inside, isn't it? So we're going out for a meal. Excellent. How many of you are going to be there? It's just going to be six of us. So me, two of my sisters. I've got many sisters and then my wife and then my mum and dad. Yeah, so it should be really... (laughs) How many sisters have you got? Well, I've got got five sisters, actually. 
And any brothers? Just you? Uh, no, just me. I was the accident at the end. I, I was not meant to be. I was not meant to be. But my, my parents say I, I was a good mistake, I think. So that's, no, that's okay. <laughs> they got a boy as well, I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They kind of always wanted a boy, I think. Um, yeah, so no, it's all good. All good. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to just going out to restaurants again, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Pubs are really weird now as well, aren't they? Because I haven't been in actually since. So I've only been to one, but I know. So my son's been to a few, and my husband's been out a couple of times. And, he, and you, you kind of order at the table and on yeah. apps and things. It's weird. It's different. So, I wonder if they'll keep doing that kind of thing yeah, going forward. We're having that conversation. I don't know whether they will or whether it'll go back to being able, you know, when you can go back in mm, and having. Yeah rows of people pushing and trying to nudge and get in the way <laughs> yeah i guess i don't miss that but though i probably will enjoy that even that every little thing we're going out I'm well, yeah, yeah, you appreciate different things don't you did you get to go on holiday last year no no i didn't did you we did yeah we were we were really lucky we hit that sweet spot when it was okay because we we'd got a t- we'd already got our euro tunnel ticket we were originally going to do something completely different and then the stuff it, we booked our Eurotunnel around half term last year, the February half term, literally just before all the news was coming in from Italy, and then we just like yeah. put it on pause. And then when it started opening up in the summer, we we're like, okay, let's go off the beaten track and do something different. So we went to, uh, we sort of did a road trip and did a little bit in the north of France, then to Germany and to the Czech Republic and came back again. So, oh wow, that sounds great. It's really cool, actually, because the kids are older. So, yeah, went to a few cities because they quite like going to cities now. So that was nice. But this well, year, I think was okay. Oh, so that was the five of you, was it? Sorry? Was that the five of you? Altogether? Yeah, I'm a dog. I'm a dog. <laughs> oh, wow, the dog as well. I love that. <laughs> wow that's cool oh, i'm kind of looking forward to yeah so my kids i've got two kids but uh they're nine and six i'm i'm looking forward to them being your kind of age as well and yeah, it must yeah, be fun it's, actually, it's really nice because they i don't know when it was throughout two three years ago suddenly realized no two years ago realized that the older two were quite we stopped off in paris in a campsite in, in paris and they were really excited about the idea of going into paris i was like oh wow this is cool this opens up some more interesting things that we can do with our time. Yeah, that's true. Well, and Paris is magic, isn't it? Paris. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a bit of, you know, when you're that age and it's a bit like you tick off, like, I've been here and here's a picture of me standing outside such and such. And it's like, you know, they were quite excited about that. So, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I went to, went to Paris for my wife's 30th. And um, yeah, it's funny because we stood outside the Eiffel Tower, but we didn't go up here. And then for her 40th, we went to Rome and we went, all outside the Colosseum but didn't go in it I don't know why we do that <laughs> very bizarre okay. um but uh, Emma let's let's go back let's go back to the beginning then let's go back to the... <laughs> how how did you become you know a, a documentary family photographer you know what's your journey what's your why so I'll, I'll go really really far back to when I was okay. a kid and my auntie uh there's a lot of photographers sort of amateur or less amateur in my family and my auntie's actually a film producer oh wow that's cool um so she and they, they were journalists actually she's a documentary film producer actually interestingly and okay. um, her, her and her husband um were originally journalists and then she uh started making films 
So I used to go and stay at their house because they didn't have kids until they they were quite a lot older. So I used to go and stay with them, and they'd take me into the studios and things, and I'd cut it. It was like obviously old school because I'm old. Um, <laughs> it's all like you know film reels, and you'd cut it all up and stick bits together. And so I'd make my own little films out of all her rushes. Oh, that's cool. And uh, we'd take photos and because they didn't have their own kids when they'd go and stay there they'd spend loads of time it was like quite educational kind of visits with my, with my um aunt and uncle right. and their dark room and develop pictures and stuff so so that's i think where my interest in photography started mm. um and then when i was about i bought myself a camera with a bonus that i got from my first job when oh, i was cool. Uh, in my early 20s and it was just before I was taking a trip to China and so that's why I bought it to go there okay um but obviously didn't really know how to use my camp properly and (laughs) shot most of it in auto and then (laughs) not most of it all of it in auto I didn't know how to use it in any other way um and came back took my I took so many rolls of film because we were away for quite a long time came back took it to to snappy snaps or something came (laughs) pictures back and there was this particular like um i don't know if you know china but in guaylin in the south there's these the um limestone peaks um they're quite cool sort of thing that you see in chinese paintings and things and it was absolutely stunning i spent loads of time there and i took loads of pictures and these were the ones i was really excited about getting back and they came back and they're all pink Because I basically it was all it was quite overcast a lot of the time and really overexposed and I didn't understand that and I took them back to uh, right, yeah. you've done something wrong with my pictures. Right. <laughs> 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 um and so from that moment on I think I realised that I needed to learn how to use it properly. So this was like a, I mean what was it? What was it? it was like a um obviously pre-digital or some film. It was like it was like the equivalent of something like um the EOS, what is it now? Oh, okay. D or something like that, but the the film version. Right. Oh, okay. Wow. And cool. Then not long after that. Oh no, I did have that for quite a long time. That camera, and then I had my son, who's like I said, just coming up to eighteen, mm-hmm. and um, we went on holiday. He was under one. We went on holiday to to Scotland and came back. And went out for the day after we literally come back and hadn't been back for very long because I hadn't taken the films to to be developed um, at the time. Went out for the day because I think a friend had just had a baby and came home and we'd been burgled and they'd taken my camera and film that had been inside that I hadn't developed. So we now have nothing from that trip. Oh, Um, that's awful. But um, I think I replaced it with the equivalent as a digital and then I just started taking courses really um okay taking me a long time <laughs> it's like not <laughs> it's not like oh it's a speedy journey it's like hundreds of years <laughs> hundreds of years <laughs> what kind of courses like online courses or physical kind of courses or this this is what i mean it's like now it's so easy i think to find courses to sort of teach yourself but there was nothing that mm. you know um i don't think I don't think Flickr even existed then. Wow, this is a while ago. This is a while ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe Flickr did. Instagram didn't exist, definitely. Right. Um, 
and so I was I, I was on this site that was around at the same sort of, I think it was probably early stages of Flickr and, and this thing called Red something or other. Okay. But it was a similar sort of thing. And then people sort of jumped from that at some point to Instagram when it started. Uh, okay, um, right. So, yeah, I was talking hundreds of years ago. <laughs> so you were learning from that kind of courses. And how did you, you know, how did you get your first kind of work, your first kind of family clients and things? So I suppose, like, everyone, like, um, so I, I decided I wasn't going to go back to doing what I was doing before. Okay, um, what were you doing? So um, I've got quite a um, speckled CV. I don't know. <laughs> right word <laughs> because I think I never really settled into right. anything I should have gone to art school but I went to um I didn't have the confidence to do that I went to university jumping backwards a bit and right. um, do business and so I was in a couple of roles like that and then I actually knew that this wasn't right so I thought I, I'll re- I'm going to re- retrain and do something and actually photography was one of the things that I was going to was looking at right. I ended up going to floristry oh um, right well Actually, this is actually quite interesting because when I was there, I worked for a really one of the top florists in, in London. Right. Um, and she had quite a big enterprise. So I did some really interesting stuff with her, actually. But one of the things, she, um, she did quite a lot of magazine shoots and um, she had some like a range of things that she sold online as well. So I used to do her uh, photo shoots for her as, and do the styling. Oh, cool. The photographer's. Um, and that was one of the things that actually made me realise that I was really interested in that side. Uh, that's cool, yeah. Then I had kids and I wasn't going to go back. And so, um, so, I don't know, I just started picking up work, really. Obviously, massively underpaid. It was, I, was more, I don't know whether I was doing work or I was just doing pictures for friends. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, did you have a website then and stuff? No, or? no, no, no. Um, and then one of the guys, I'd been to college to do a little course. This was one of the courses I'd done at the college, a local college course. So I met a really nice group of guys on the course mm-hmm. and stayed in touch with them. And one of them was saying, oh, you know, there's some women doing really, they, they've gone on to be wedding photographers. And um, so there's some really great women doing family shoots you should look at that and so I did and then I set up a website the next day and started <laughs> oh nice that's cool though you probably went for it then they, they, they sort of I don't know opened my eyes to the fact that I could do it and sort of incentivized me to go and do it and so I started setting up my own website which was rubbish and years ago <laughs> embarrassing probably um it's good you're able to do that yourself though as well I took quite a long time when I say I set it up the next day that's not true I started setting it up <laughs> she just said um yeah and then and then so now how did do you remember like the first shoot you did that weren't friends you know first like prop you know clients that you didn't know personally i'm trying to think oh, it's quite yeah, funny no, actually i think I, i'm pretty sure it's someone who I, who still comes back for shoots with me well, um, so it's a family that stayed in touch and she so it was a, obviously it's a word of mouth thing. I think I'd done a photo shoot for one of the teachers at my kids' schools, a school actually. So, oh. um, so not a friend, but you know someone I knew still um, booked me for something. 
and her auntie was showing a girl at her at her, the auntie's work the pictures um and the girl that she was speaking to was pregnant and she decided she wanted to have them because at the time this is like i said ages ago and family documentaries didn't exist <laughs> right yeah and and i was still um finding my way really i was doing some really hideous stuff you know wrapping babies and posed stuff that i just uh. oh yeah i was going to ask you about that if you started really straight away in documentary or if you yeah, did have like, different... I, th I think i always shot my family like that but not mm -hmm. clients because i didn't really realized that there was a market for it yeah sure um, and it was like that even lifestyle family photography was only just its infant infancy really okay um so anyway yeah and they, they've come back so they had their first baby i took those and then they had another baby um i've had them really spread out like my kids actually um she went through with the second baby she went through um, she had breast cancer at the time, woman as well. So I had a close relationship with them because I went through quite a lot with them that that year. And then um, they surprised me, banged me a year ago. <laughs> Said, well, slightly more than a year ago because it was before the lockdown. Oh, okay. Pregnant again. We'd love to have another family shoot. And <laughs> so that's cool. Do you yes. get many kind of families? You know, come, what you do kind of repeat shoots for over the years. Um. Yeah, I mean, often when it's when when they're adding a child to the yeah. mix, <laughs> yeah, it's a good excuse to get more photos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it often triggers people. I don't know why. It's really weird. I think because, um, I mean, I, I think I know it does. It does make sense that certain events make you think, mm. "Oh God, we must we must get photos done." In the same way as like in a, a wedding or like seventieth birthdays. That I was saying, you know, that there's things that trigger it, aren't there? But yeah. actually, um, the point of documentary is that you're capturing every day, and that, that's, you know, it's that's weird. That you spend every day doing everyday stuff, and yet we record the special things. Yeah, it's true, yeah. isn't it? I guess it's human nature, but yeah. it's a shame. Like with clothes, isn't it? You spend the fortune on really special things that you wear twice. Mm. <laughs> you wear every day, and really, you know, <laughs> things yeah. like Sainsbury's or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. They're not celebrated enough, that kind of... It must have been... Yeah, it must have been difficult when you were starting out as well, though, to trying to do a kind of niche that didn't really exist that much at the time. And trying... Were you... You know, were you, did you find yourself trying, like, persuading people, families? Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was. And it was, um, and I was new to running my own business, and I still had little kids as well. So it was all um, just making it up as I went along, really. Um, <laughs> yeah. And not particularly well planned i wouldn't recommend that anyone did that by the way <laughs> <laughs> well it's worked out for you though i mean it's worked out for you you do you you do so well and your work is so good like you were third in the uk on this reportage family for 2020 as well with yeah. five reportage family awards and two story awards and you know massive congrats on that was, was that fun to find out uh, yeah yeah it was it's cool and i you know there's there's so many different competitions and i do think that documentary work often comes off um badly against other it, when it's been compared against other genre somehow mm -hmm. i don't yeah I, I find it really weird because i think it's sort of um i think there's so much to documentary work you know there, there's layers and stories and you, you know you can spend time looking it's not just something that looks pretty there's there's other things to it oh, definitely. Um, like you know sort of 
academically there's more to it which I really like about it um and yet sometimes when it's compared against um highly edited stuff it comes off badly so I do like the um growth in uh platforms that um give documentary photography a voice Mm, definitely totally agree yeah definitely um I don't know whether it comes off badly but I just think it's really difficult to judge to you know a, a let's take like if you take newborn if you're comparing like birth photography against a wrapped pose newborn it's, they're just incomparable things and yet you get yeah. into the same category um yeah. so yeah and i think it's really important um for the growth of the genre as well i think there's more and more photographers because I mean, in, in wedding photography it's, it's been around um for a long time when i, when I got married years ago well, the kind of documentary kind of approach to it. So, yeah, cause mm. I, and I think it's just different people, isn't there, that things appeal to. And, like, the idea of a posed um, shoot for me is really uncomfortable. So that's, like, I didn't have um, that for my own wedding. Um, right, yeah. It's funny, I, actually, I was embarrassed to tell people that I worked as a photographer initially. And oh, really? Yeah. yeah, because I felt a bit icky about the type of pictures that I was taking. It's like right. something actually happened myself it's weird isn't it that but um are you proud now when people ask yeah, yeah definitely I'll, I'll shout about it from the rooftops now because i think it's a really important thing uh important genre it's an important work um and it's beautiful work as well so yeah i'm proud of it oh yes and and so you should be so you should be <laughs> and um and one of your specific reportage family awards actually that i love um it's of a dog and a girl, and they're both lying down on the floor. And do you know what I mean? It looks like it's like a, like a dog rope toy kind of in the frame as well. Oh, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it because it, it like draws my eye to and from the different elements, like the toy, yeah. the girl, the dog all around the frame. And I also love it because I'm not really sure what's happening. So can, can you tell us more about that individual frame? Yeah, that's actually, that's um, that's my daughter. Quite a lot of the pictures that I've got on reportage from my own family because it's, I don't that's know if cool. you have this problem, it's, it's really hard to get... Um, the okay from clients to put pictures right yeah these yeah. pictures now I, don't, I think it's easier within weddings than families people are kind of protective of their kids uh, okay i understand uh, that yeah they often say no you can't use pictures so um how do you feel when you get that it must be it's a shame yeah, disappointing yeah, it's really but... yeah. yeah um sometimes i'll I, I can use them for less um uh you know, there's lesser reasons like you know they'll be they'll be okay for me to use them on my portfolio so i've got okay. some, i've got some client images on my portfolio on, on this is reportage but i can't enter them into the awards uh, okay that's a shame so, yeah um i can't remember what you're saying oh now. yeah that individual award yeah that one um... Picture, that's just my daughter lying on the floor <laughs> my, my kids seem to lose my son not so much but even my older daughter still you know if i'm just flopped on the i love that about kids i love they're weird but that's one of the things that I really really love and I'm sure it's the same for a lot of family photographers because kids are just brilliantly unselfconscious and weird um and we lose that as adults don't we know I love I, I I enjoy it even from afar like you know sort of people watching point of view if I'm walking around the supermarket or something and there's a kid having a strop and lying on the floor or throwing somewhere I just find it really amusing um, <laughs> you don't get out your phone and like take a photo of it though do you I'm so tempted <laughs> 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 I guess your family must be really used to it. Do you have the camera out much at home, though? 
So I, do, I do, yes. Um, I do go through phases as well. I feel, I feel like I've been in a bit of a meh phase the last few months. I'm not. I'm sure the lockdown hasn't helped. It was just, this this lockdown felt way more full on. You know, school was more full on. It was dark and it was wet and muddy. Um, yeah. It's got A levels this year, so it's like kind of all stressy. And it's just I just haven't felt inspired. But I, I still get it out and do shoot when I can. Or you know, um, yeah. But, um, I need to do that more. But that yeah. um, that specific award, I just think is really cool. I just love the way, yeah, your eye is really drawn all through through the different elements all around the frame. I really like that, and yeah, yeah and I just like the aspect of it. I just don't know what's really going on. <laughs> just, <laughs> well, it's just I think it's really funny because like the, obviously the dogs on the floor, and then you, you kind of some some of the things that children do. You know the way they behave with these. And, uh, obviously the funny things that they do just because they're they're less self-conscious but they're also it's a bit more animal-like and I I quite find that comparison with animals quite interesting you know I was thinking when my kids often they hate each other and they're fighting you know really physically and you see that replicated with dogs when they're playing and then other times they're, they're like literally can't get any closer to each other like they're lying on the sofa watching something they're literally entangled with each other from mm. like a, an hour before where they're tearing each other's hair out and yeah. it, that, that reminds me of puppies when they're clambering yeah, yeah. trying to get to their milk and stuff and i just think it's really interesting because uh, uh, kids are a bit like animals it's really <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> that is a quote. Will they will they be listening back to your your podcast episode? Will they hear that you say that? My son even, like especially him when he was little, it was like having a puppy because he just was like running around, he'd like chase sticks and you know, <laughs> he kept cross if he was hungry or tired. It was just like having a puppy. Um oh, but yeah, so like her just slumped on the floor. I just think it's funny when kids do that. And um, the dog toy, I like I, I it's you know, that's one of the things that I really like about documentary. It's like giving some information, but not all of it. It's like telling a story with extra elements and deciding what to include, not to include, um, where you yeah. place it. it. It all adds to how you read the frame. Definitely. Yeah. It's yeah. so involving, isn't it? And I love the aspects as well. As well, that each viewer will get maybe a different story from Absolutely. it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of something, you know, that often, often because it's documentary, it's quite relatable as well. You can it might not be your exact situation, but you can mm. understand it because something like that happens at your house. You know, or, you mm. know that's you so know, true. Kids do strain. You know, you've got, you're having a window into somebody else's life, but at the same time, it's relatable to your own life. Mm, that's so true no, yeah. of course it's great to hear th- uh, about that and uh, anyone listening now do head you can head to disreptage.com or disreptagefamily.com and I'll include that specific award that that Emma was just talking about that's really cool um, and your dog looks lovely by the way Is that oh, your, that's your dog yeah, yeah she's my favourite in the family <laughs> <laughs> Your kids have got to listen to this episode now. Like, <laughs> no, we all, we do all agree that she's she's our favourite, everyone's favourite, because she's the, the one that's nicest to everyone. <laughs> she always loves us, whatever. <laughs> oh, they're great, aren't they? Like, I, I do love dogs. I've got a thirteen-year-old collie cross. We don't know what she's crossed with. Uh, the, when we bought her, they just said they saw a black dog outside, so we don't know what she's crossed with. But <laughs> she's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> um emma let's let's change tack slightly let's change yeah. tack. have you been this is something i don't know i don't think you're looking forward to this but have you been watching much netflix at all oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're a bit cheeky actually we kind of um 
login through my sister-in-law's accounts. We never oh, had nice. <laughs> shouldn't have said that out loud on something that's been publicised. <laughs> so, but it's, yeah, God, I love it. It's brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's good. Good, good, good. Um, let's, let's do, I've been doing a little kind of quiz over the last few episodes. So um, if you're up for it, we could do a little game. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm just going to read out a, a Netflix or it might be another streaming service synopsis anyway of either a film or a series and let's see if you can get it from the synopsis. Okay, okay so we're going to start with an old school one. This is old school. Okay. Uh, and it's a movie. So a group of young misfits discover an ancient map and set out on an adventure to find a legendary pirate's long lost treasure. Oh, that's Stranger Things or something. Oh, it's in the similar vein of that. But it's this is we're talking like even like twenty years oh. older than that film. Um, oh, flipping heck! <laughs> it's not that one where they video with the they video each other, is it? Uh, no, I don't think so. This is probably. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say Bre- Breakfast Club, but then you said the map, and I was like, oh. Oh, it's a similar era, though. I think of that. So we're talking like eighties. Is it late eighties? Must be something like that. Yeah. It's um. Oh, I don't know. There's a character called Sloth in it. I think it's called Sloth. And no, it's like a a classic children's kind of adventure film. I don't think I know. This is really annoying. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to say it. Don't worry. (laughs) It's The Goonies. Oh, The Goonies! We've got that on Blooming Video. (laughs) I can't believe I didn't get that. Well, the synopses are very often, they don't really relate that well, I think, to actually the thing. So, yeah, no worries. Why didn't I get that? (laughs) I haven't seen it in years. It's a good one, though. So I haven't seen it in years until my stepsister bought a DVD for them for Christmas about three or four years ago. So, yeah. Uh, Did they like it, your kids? Yeah, they did. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't get it. I'm really cross now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no worries. Right, let's move on. So this is a, this one's a series, okay? So, and it's had loads of seasons. So, okay, but okay. Intern and eventual resident Meredith Grey finds herself caught up in personal and professional passions with fellow doctors at a Seattle hospital. Oh, um, oh, <laughs> I think I'm... is this the one with Doctor Green? Is this the one with George Clooney and? Oh, it's again, it's a similar era, but it's not oh, that. It's a different one. Oh, my God. I'm useless at this. <laughs> I probably, it's maybe a bit hard this way. Anyway, so. Um, sorry? Is it Scrubs? Oh, it's similar era again, but it's not. It's a different one. <laughs> I can't. It's, um, shall I tell you what it is? Go on, tell me. It's Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. I can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is fun. I like inflicting this on people. It's fun. Okay. Okay. Last one. Last one, Emma. Let's go. So this is a movie. Okay. This is um, more modern. I think Oh, it's probably about eight years older, actually. But okay. Um, audacious, risk-taking Wall Street stockbroker Jordan Belfort amasses wealth with his brash, drug-fueled attitude drawing the attention of the FBI. I've got this on DVD as well. I'm useless at remembering names. You can tell. Um, <laughs> You've got it on DVD as well. I like it. It's cool. I know. We're still this. This is so pre-Netflix. We're still watching DVDs. Um, uh, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, I think. No. Should, <laughs> should I tell you? Yeah, please put me yeah, on the. It's the Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Though. <laughs> My daughter has a massive crush on Leonardo DiCaprio. So again, like I literally have watched everything. 
of his. Oh, that's cool. Release. I can't believe it. I'm really disappointed in myself. <laughs> Do not worry. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that. It's fine. I'm competitive at all. <laughs> Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, he's awesome. I remember going to see um, Titanic like three times at the cinema. I used to be, I used to love Kate Winslet. So a big crush on Kate Winslet. Those two lead characters. Well, then what's really funny though is like, you know, my, my daughter and her friends all love the young, <laughs> they always say that the young Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> he doesn't look any good anymore. But. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um, so Emma, I read that you went to university in France. Is that right? I did. Yes, I did. Oh, that's cool. Do you speak like fluent French? Well, uh, that was that was years ago. So <laughs> at the time I did. Um, How did but, that happen? Why Why did you go to France for um, university? Just because it sounded exciting <laughs> I get bored yeah. easily and so I need exciting things to happen um and like I, said, I, should, I should have gone to art school I think I said that earlier but um instead I thought I'd go and work in the fashion industry was my plan I thought oh, I'll kind of link the two together and I'll work in, in the fashion industry so I'll go and do business and there was this course where you actually did it in front two two years in France, two years in Britain and um, got yeah. degrees out of it. So I went there. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So it was really cool. Really weirdly, <laughs> just found out this week that Ana Guisado, I think her name is, she's Spanish. She's um, one of the people who, um, one of the girls who does a lot of work for the DFP. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was on a call with them on uh, Monday evening and a couple of weeks ago for the exhibition that they were doing, the, the virtual exhibition they were doing. And through that, some friends of hers got <laughs> were watching it from her old university university friends of hers. And they recognised me <laughs> because I also went to university with them wow. in, uh, in the UK. And wow. so we actually did the same programme, but in different countries, um, have have um, mutual friends, which is really weird. That's um, a small world, isn't it? That's mad. Small world. She messaged me and said, I think we've got mutual friends. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Um, so, yeah, so... Um, it's, it's quite a big program and people were it was a really cool program actually because we did uh, you know across different countries and stuff so i don't you know i don't regret doing it because i've got great friends all over the place uh, yeah it must have been super exciting as well to go and live in france and stuff yeah it. yeah it was really cool actually do you know one of my talking photo photography one of my favorite photographs of my family um and it's, it's you know it's that thing about documentary and memories so when um so I was just, I was 18, I was going to, uh, and I went straight to France and, and all, there was uh, about 18 of us going. Oh, cool. And there was this bus that was going to take us over and all the parents were dropping off their kids. And uh, my mum and my dad and my sister, my sister's nearly nine years younger than me, so she was about 10. Okay. And um, there's this photograph that my dad took of the family saying goodbye as the bus went off and everyone's there happily waving away obviously delighted that their annoying teenagers are leaving <laughs> and my mum and my sister got this we're literally dissolving into tears it's like it's like a tragedy's happened and they're both standing there crying and, and it's just such a great it's a really lovely photograph it's a really funny photograph um, oh that's proper documentary isn't it that's a proper moment 
um and it just makes it makes us laugh you know and that's but yeah, that's my family all over. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, though, anyway, because that's a big deal going off at 18 to go and live and study in a different country. We, your parents, must have been, they must have been nervous. Were they nervous? That's probably what my mum's reaction was, <laughs> was about. Yeah. Do you know, I can still remember that bus journey really, really well. So it must be quite a prominent, it must have been like a pivotal moment. Because I can remember talking to people on the bus, you know, me, you know we never met each other and right. it's quite a long journey yeah yeah it was um, big yeah. deal were you yeah. were you quite, when you said there was about like 18 of you going then were you kind of living together over there or so we so this is funny actually the um the, at the time the course was there was german a, a german cohort a french cohort a spanish cohort and a british cohort right and the brits were known as the thickies <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um, because obviously our, our ability at languages is slightly i don't know i don't know why but it's not as good as the continent as that's for sure yeah. mm. and basically the brits often used to fail and <laughs> on the course so they said <laughs> okay they set up this um thing where they had to have a um a crash course before it started it was like, it was for the so some people started in britain some people started in france and the same with all the other countries you know everyone was kind of higgledy piggledy around uh, okay so the brits that started in england was slightly different but the ones who started in france you have to um have certain a levels to go to france obviously french being one of them mm-hmm. <laughs> and um but as we were known as the thickies <laughs> we had to go out two weeks early um to get a crash course in so it was a business school in in French and in maths to make sure that we were up to the uh, better wow. than really. And it was just the English ones who had to do that two weeks early. The English people. Yeah. <laughs> and so for the first two weeks, we were in this um, youth hostel together, and we'd all sort of walk up to the the university together and do these crash courses. This, I spent all day there. My right. husband laughs because he did geography at Ma- Manchester and seemed to spend most of his time playing snooker or football. And when, I don't know, I think he had like six hours lectures a week. And I went to this thing in France and we were, I think we had like 40 hours a week lectures. Oh, no, gosh. <laughs> yes. That's proper full on. I know, Saturday morning as well. I was like, what the heck's this? And then we, um, after that two weeks, then we were living in flats. It wasn't student accommodation, but they were... Um, flats that were sort of opposite the, the where the university was. Okay, cool. So we all Man. kind of met, like you know, went into smaller groups and right. So it's well, a bit it's, like being in halls. It sounds awesome. It does sound yeah. awesome. Apart from the forty-hour weeks bit, I was like your husband only had like six hours a week of lectures, which is great. But yeah, we got, it's adventure. we got given these computers, yeah, um, laptops. To um, so everyone had them as pairs. Um, and I'd never come across them before. When I say laptop, they were the most hilarious things because they were massive, really <laughs> heavy, enormous things. Um, like, I mean, in terms of the actual size of them, they were like a sort of depth of an encyclopedia and then the size of, um, I mean, like double the size of like a record player. <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> 
I remember I was I was sharing it with my house. I was so untechy. I still am untechy actually. Mm-hmm. My my flatmate trees and we brought it home and um, we couldn't understand how to turn it on. We didn't know how to turn it on. <laughs> like couldn't work out how to turn it on because obviously at home we'd just like I don't know it's in the era of BBC computers and Spectrum and things and um, <laughs> so we hadn't been able to do what we were supposed to do before the class and we were really panicking all it was was that half the computer was a battery (laughs) half the thing and it couldn't run on its own without being plugged in and we just hadn't plugged it in (laughs) (laughs) that's funny living up to that kind of reputation of the english ones (laughs) yeah yeah the thickies (laughs) oh that is funny oh cool well what an adventure there that is that is that is really really cool um let's go i'm really enjoying talking about that Let, let's go back to photography though emma um because i think people would be really people would be just really interested to hear from you uh, this is quite a big question but what would be your top tips emma to help someone become better at the documentary side of family photography you know if they're listening and just wanted some top tips some advice or you know what would you say so if you've got your own family i would definitely practice on them because you always have more time to observe and take in the moment and be ready and um, whereas you know if you're on a client shoot there's a slight pressure there that you've got to perform you've got to get like a series of images they're paying you um and but when, when it's your own family life you don't have that pressure of doing it in a certain p- period of time you can just take pictures when you think yeah this is interesting mm. and then and work the scene and you know wait for things to happen so I think that's really valuable I think it's really valuable to try and get longer sessions with clients as well to actually practice in the field and the longer the session is the easier it is to get uh really good documentary shots um okay is that because they get more used to your presence yeah they're, they're more used to you um being there so they kind of forget that you're there Mm. um you become sort of part of the scenery or, or you chat so you like a friend you know and just they just get used to it and, and their guard comes down mm. um makes sense you know because it's, it's tiring to keep it to keep up appearances isn't it so after a while they, that sort of stops <laughs> yeah but, that's true so it just it just becomes more routine it, you know they're, they're doing more routine normal stuff they're not performing for you they're not trying to do anything for the camera they're not thinking you know they're not specifically doing an activity because they think you sh- they should be doing it because uh-huh. um if that's all part of the education as well to the client i mean do, when the clients come to you do they sometimes ask you you know like they're not sure how much coverage they want and i guess you kind of are kind of persuading them to do longer shoots but then you're kind of trying to tell them to do longer shoots what well, because it they'll get better images as well but without yeah. coming across that you want to just get more money from them as well it's you tricky do. in that way more money from them mm. but you're it's not it's they're they're paying more they're getting i mean it's in a way they're often better value for money the long sessions yeah, um, in terms of the amount of time you're there and um and the pictures that you get um so i think it really depends i think often i still have a a shorter session package because i think it's important to um get those people that aren't quite sure mm. if it's for them it gives them people a chance to try it the style out 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Something full price. I would like to get rid of my shortest sessions, like you know, a couple of hours. Um, right. A lot of it, I think, is educating the the clients beforehand. Um, mm. So spending time with them, really talking about it, and you you get you get a feel for it. Some some clients, you can just tell that they understand it. Either they've been following you for a while and they've seen the work or like I got one recently and just like, I had to, I had a, I have a zoom conversation with them most of the time now rather okay. than phone conversation just quite like chatting face to face you can you get an idea of what the house is like and what they're like you know and how they turn up to a zoom meeting is quite telling oh really okay that's interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so just to chat to make sure that we're a good fit and yeah. really make sure they understand what it's about um and like this, this one recently, actually, I was like, I wasn't sure initially. I was thinking, mm. she said something that made me think, oh, I wonder if she gets what it is. But it became completely evident through our Zoom conversation. They totally knew what it was. And she was my, like my ideal client because her, her dad had worked for Guardian newspaper all his life as a photojournalist. So. Oh, right. She knew. Yeah, she knew what she was getting into. Yeah. <laughs> that was completely wrong with that. She, I can't remember what she said. But something made me think, oh, I don't think she understands. But she <laughs> have you ever, by the way, just because that's come up, have you ever kind of like said no, no to a potential client, you know, because you think maybe they just don't want documentary or what you can do? Um, so I, I, uh, no, um, I went through a, fa- a, a stage where I was doing lifestyle photography because um, that's kind of where I've, I've, I've part of my journey. <laughs> was like I've, I've gone through various stages and obviously like yeah. through that I'm sort of developing my own style with really with my um own family and when I, when I say lifestyle I was really massively loose because um I think lifestyle is like a spectrum from uh almost portraits like the studio portraits outside to what I was doing where it was like an organized place and time and then it was a bit of a, you know free for all which right, is okay verging on documentary but it's an yeah. activity and it was generally outside you know and like specific times of day so in which in, which made it a bit more lifestyle look and feel um and people would plan their outfits you know um and i've realized i just i don't know i just sort of came across that it actually existed as a genre probably a couple of years ago now i was like oh wow this is this now i found where my heart lies oh that's cool yeah that's so, cool. So some of my clients are still from that uh, um, phase. So there's an element of education. Um, you, you bring them with you, um, and there's an education element to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where that's where it's a little bit tenuous, like. It, so I, I don't say no to them because they're really good clients who come back and they trust me. Sure. It's about explaining to them what's different, what's changed. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. how are you how are you getting you know a lot of your work? Do you know you know is it a lot word of mouth from past happy clients or exactly. you know what is it? My work does come from word of mouth. Um, That's cool. I don't necessarily realise it at the time, um, but it might come up in conversation at some point. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend of, you know, or that also, like, so I, I get, 
Oh, was that you beeping on me? <laughs> really? Um, I get some people who I can see they're sort of stalking me on social media. Oh, that's cool. In a good, in a good yeah. way. Good stalking way. No, yeah. I recognise, especially if it's like an unusual name. Um, okay, yeah. And then suddenly they'll crop up as an inquiry. Oh, that's cool. That's working then, Ed. Yeah, do you use Instagram, Facebook much then? Yeah, so I, I, I do use Instagram. I have that same problem, you know, where I don't have a huge number of pictures, like client pictures I can use. I don't know what I'm going to do when my kids are older and I can't take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, but um, That thing about client, clients not wanting, you know, you to show many images, does that come up quite often then, you know? Just, do they question your yeah, kind of contract? or? I used yeah. to have that problem at all. Um and uh, there were specific people who would say, like, you know, I, I've had a couple of people where it's like adopted children and they can't be right. you know, So specific things where people would ask or like like policemen some, and teachers sometimes don't like things sharing. Um, but since GDPR, it's like that's almost brought to people's attention mm. and that it's made them think about it whereas before they weren't thinking about it and so now they're like mm, don't think i want it but I, sometimes if it's like an image that i really really want to use i'll go specifically with an image and see if they'll let me which doesn't yeah. all, one of my very favorite images that i've ever taken i can't use i can't, oh, use, can't use really it. can't use anywhere oh man yeah, that's such a bummer it's such a bummer and i get that sometimes in the in weddings as well you know some weddings have Oh, sorry. Sorry, I just say I, I get that in weddings as well. Some weddings that I can't show any images for. And they often seem to be the best. Well, you know, some of them great ones. You get some great images and it's... Um, yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's always like that, isn't it? The ones where you get the best images, you can't... You yeah, can't. I wonder if that's not, you know, not Murphy's Law. Maybe that's something within us that we kind of know. We kind of just relax into it even more, you know, just enjoy it more for the sh sake of shooting. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I didn't. That's uh, really interesting that it happens in weddings as well. Because, like, you know, I mean, because you, you see a lot of wedding um, pictures online, and mm -hmm. I think people are younger, and they're often of the age where they're using social media more and selfie generation and things, and that they that it feels like they're less um, inhibited about sharing online. But obviously, you do still get people that don't. Yeah, I do still. No, I mean, not loads. I'll probably just get one every couple of years. So I have a whole NDA over the whole wedding. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's always a shame. It's I think it's, it's mainly to do with the children and people not wanting their children online. Yeah, um, I understand that. But I do, like, you know, I'll go and ask about specific images um, if I really want to use them. And sometimes, you know, I, I can use them on my own and then break it down what, they're, what they'd be happy for me to use it Yeah. For that's all good that's all that's all good isn't it yeah. um and emma you you mentioned just a bit earlier actually about an exhibition you've been featured in two exhibitions recently one of which um we spoke about on the podcast recently with agada sanfiz yes, that yeah, yeah. perfect congrats um yeah. what you know what does it mean for you to be featured in in those like, you know exhibitions it's proper proper cool it's really really cool actually i'm really it's almost like a bucket list thing ticked off um yeah i bet um yeah no it's super cool and I do, this is this is what I I think I touched on this. It's what I love about documentary. I feel like the pictures have so many more layers of meaning, and that's like from a personal point of view. There's the challenge of capturing that, um, and from a sort of viewer perspective, I love. I'll stop and look 
and think. They, documentary images stop to make me think and make me read for longer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really lovely about working in the field is it it's got that intellectual capacity to to go into some personal projects and um deeper meaning and and it opens up this avenue of um doing things on a more sort of conceptual and artistic level I, I find that really fulfilling actually i really enjoy it yeah it's awesome I mean, it's proper it's art on the fly that's what i love about documentary yeah. whether that's weddings or family you know it's art okay. on the fly yeah. it's amazing street photography as well it's the you know mm. they all sort of sort of tightly linked aren't they totally it's just, it's, and you can't recreate it either you know one, it, yeah, yeah. That exactly moment. totally one-off oh, one-off moments that's one of the things actually about when you talked about, about tips slowing down and waiting and sort of waiting for the moment is like it's really key and ha- trusting that, that it will happen mm. and, you know seeing potential and then waiting um, yeah that's a big deal isn't it's it really, it's a really hard thing to practice and learn um but i think if you can get to that stage of belief you're rewarded with um the better better material mm. and, and that is as you say that kind of belief it's, it's confidence in yourself to do that as well isn't it because it yeah. can be it's it's easier in a way to be like a headless chicken and and, yeah. and just trying to capture as much as possible but to slow down you have to have a bit more confidence in yourself in the situation but you you do get rewarded yeah you do because i think if you're chasing like you said like a headless chicken um you're just you're chasing is the right word you're chasing the moment all the time you're mm. chasing it and so you're, you're often behind you're like one step behind where it's happening right yeah you sort of stop and have some composure and see the potential and get your sort of um composition ready and sort of anticipate what might happen then you're rewarded with something and sometimes you're not rewarded but you have to sort of, you know, win some, lose some um, to get the great shots, I think. <clears throat> definitely, definitely. And not be scared of, as you say, the losing bits as well. Yeah. You have to go through failure to get the, the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's because it's, it is, I think, to get the great shots, anticipating what might happen is really important rather than chasing it and being behind where it happens. Yeah. And that, that you, you, you know for all the will in the world you can't make things happen so you you can anticipate something might happen but then if it doesn't it just doesn't happen just doesn't come together you know the planets don't align and you might get an average shot out of it but not like a great shot but you know average is fine you know something you give to the that you'd still include you know if it says something about the family you can still oh yeah you know they'll they'll you have to remember that i think clients it's their family they still love pictures definitely yeah that's so true that's so true um i love this on your website uh emma uh, by the way as well you're on your bio where you say that your mom located the house you were born on google earth and for your 40th you went to canada and tracked yeah. it down to show your kids and then yeah. it's pretty emotional obviously that sounds awesome though yeah can you tell us yeah. more about that yeah so i was born in canada and lived there for about a year my mum and dad actually divorced before i was born okay right so um we lived, so I was born in that house and we lived there for a little while and then a couple of other houses and then came back to Britain. And I'd been been out to visit, uh, when I say my godmother, she's just like one of my mum's friends from out there. 
and she to her family stayed out there they moved out at the same time and they stayed and my mum came back with me right and so occasionally I've been there when I was younger I'd go and stay with her um but I hadn't been back for many years um I'm trying to think yeah <laughs> from my teens really and we decided that um we'd go back to sort of you know sort of heritage reasons you know mm-hmm. um to show the kids when it was my 40th um and when we decided that we'd do this I, I don't know I was probably about 35 or something at the time and we were like predicting that obviously the kids this was just the first two kids would be great age but then you know they'd be something like eight and six nine and seven something like that I can't remember right. eight, eight and six mm-hmm. um, and you know they're a good good age for travels and taking in and memory and everything and then in between that we had my youngest Elsie <laughs> so no, she, okay. <laughs> she was one um, and she was the most active baby ever <laughs> really into everything climbed everywhere and so I'd, I'd I was really anxious about the, the the long haul flight yeah and I'd um you know decided I'd, I'd got this we'd got one of the seats where you had the, the bulk hold or whatever it is so, so I had a bit more space for her to uh, okay and then the my husband and the other two were on the row behind us and I'd got like hold all and I'd been around charity shops and I bought little things and I'd wrapped them all up like little things that would keep her busy so she could sit there unwrapping things and (laughs) silly sort of things but little kids like little set set of keys that I didn't know where they came from and old mobile (laughs) yeah everything and like lots of little like treats and food treats that she'd like and uh, we got onto the plane and I said to my husband I said oh can I have the bag please and he went what bag oh oh no (laughs) Oh, yeah, the bag that you've been looking after with all of Elsie's stuff in it. And I haven't got a bag. <laughs> where, where was the bag? Where was the bag? <laughs> I think I almost burst into tears and oh. almost divorced him on the spot <laughs> <laughs> because he'd left the bag. In oh. the and so I this oh, no, where had he left it? Sorry, I missed it. Where had he left it? In the airport. Oh, right. Okay. Oh. We'd gone on, it was what, I can't remember what airport it was, but wherever we were, we'd taken a bus to the plane and we were on the plane and the plane was leaving. Oh no. <laughs> and the bag was in the airport. And so that had this little eight hour journey ahead of me with Elsie and nothing. Oh no. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so that's, that's the story aside. Um, but yeah, <laughs> then we did a, we like road trips. We did a road trip there as well. Um, and found, my mum had found the, the picture the house on on um, Google Maps and because it's got street view she she'd gone around she knew roughly you know the, she obviously remembers where she lived and that and she was, she was like going down that street it was it kind of convenient because every house on the street was different and as soon as she saw it she's like that's the house and so did it to me so again we just followed the map to the house and got out and it was the weirdest thing I didn't you know I was kind of really excited it's like oh we're gonna go and see it. And we turned up, and I just burst into tears. It was really weird. I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, oh, yeah, man. really emotional. And that was actually where you were born in that house. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, so I went and knocked on the door, but unfortunately, no one was there. It was a real shame. Oh, that's a bit of a lens climax. 
gone over the ocean and no one was there. <laughs> <laughs> but still, that's so cool to have been able to show your kids as well, the house yeah, that you were yeah. bought. It was really cool. It was, yeah, yeah, it was oh. worth it. It's good. I love that. That's a great story. I like the way he uses modern technology as well with using yeah. Google Apps. Yeah. Cool. and my mum using modern technology as well that's even more of a <laughs> miracle <laughs> oh emma it's been so inter- i just looked down it's like over an hour already we've been chatting it's just flown by um oh, it's been so <laughs> <laughs> it's been so much fun talking to you um and we've got time just for one more question if that's okay, okay. Cool. yeah okay so um you say that watching friends is one of your guilty pleasures i saw that on your website <laughs> do, do you have an all-time favorite episode Oh my god! Tricky one. I think I'm, I'm going to cheat. It's not a favourite episode. <laughs> okay. I think it's a series of episodes when Monica and Chandler get together, uh, and yeah. when different members of the team find out at different times, and they're all trying to hide it from Ross. <laughs> that series, that um, set of episodes, and um, that sort of um that sort of moment that's sort of developing over those episodes where you know they're all trying to, to lie to Ross and that that's I think one of my favorite parts oh, that's cool. yeah I haven't seen them in years you know I used to be obsessed when it began yeah. I used to be obsessed with Jennifer Aniston you know Rachel as well and I was like, what? <laughs> haircut, you know I'm not I'm not gonna lie I had a Rachel but it was, it was, it was really weird then because you watched it it was on Friday nights wasn't it and everyone watched it on yeah. the same day, at the same time, around the world, practically. Oh, yeah, it's so and different now. talking it? about it the next day, you know, in, mm. in the office or wherever. And now everyone just watches things, binge watches whenever, and you don't get that climax anymore. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So I used to, yeah, I used to be obsessed with it. But my, you, you'll get this, actually. If your kids are the age um, did so nine and six, yes. they're just coming into friends stage. I guess that's true, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to introducing them to that yeah. at some point. My oldest and- a lot, and they loved it. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Cool. It's all on Netflix, isn't it? Still? It's, yeah, yeah. You can watch it all. Yeah. Going to do that at some point. Going to do yeah. that. Um, and I'm looking forward to I used to be a big Dawson's Creek fan. I'm looking forward to oh, showing God, my... Hey, yeah, I love that as well. I mean, actually, I'm, um, Michelle Williams is one of my favourite actresses. Oh, yeah. Love her. I still love her. She's my mm. style icon. <laughs> she's great, isn't she? she yeah. She's in um, The Greatest Showman. Is that... Yeah, she, yeah, she's in loads of cool... She, she's a bit of a sort of indie type of... Um, yeah. actress she does some really cool slightly offbeat films um as yeah, well she was, she was great. Yeah. Dawson's Creek. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah she was fab yeah i love it <laughs> i love it i love talking about friends dawson's creek as well it's awesome <laughs> really retro retro this is retro yes this is retro taj retro taj oh emma thank you so much for talking to me i really enjoyed it I have too. Thank you very much for having oh, me. No problem. You've, been, uh, you've had so many great stories, really interesting and great advice as well and tips. So uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, and anyone listening to uh, listening now, obviously they're listening. I don't know why I say this. If they're hearing my voice, they are listening to the episode. <laughs> so, um, you know, do head to thisreportagefamily.com or thisreportage.com and I'll include a link through to your site, Emma, and the Reportage Family Award that you spoke about. And yeah, also I hope um, this year goes well for you and we're all able to, have you, have you been uh, vaccinated? I have, yes. I've had my first one. Yes, and me. Yeah, it's cool. How did you feel the next day? I was really ill. Oh, were you? Which one of you did you have? 
AstraZeneca. <laughs> yeah, and me. I felt a little bit funny the next day, a bit kind of semi-fluey. But apparently the second dose is that you don't get many side effects, apparently. No, I had, I had tummy cramps and uh, flu symptoms for two days. I was really poorly. I just got uh, <laughs> yeah that's true the long-term benefits though long-term yeah, benefits definitely, totally totally yeah. <laughs> oh but also i know hopefully i get to meet you one day um yeah, we should be uh, doing a uh, this reportage this reportage family christmas party in london this year so if you're yeah, around excellent i'm just down the road from london so that's good <laughs> yeah, that'd be great yeah that'd be great cool emma thank you so much thanks for having me see you later bye-bye. bye bye You've been listening to the 76th episode of the This Reportage podcast. Emma was so lovely to talk to. Hope you enjoyed listening. Head to thisreportagefamily.com or thisreportage.com for a link through to her website and to see the specific Reportage Family Award she spoke about too. Emma is also a co-founder of Made for Documentary, an educational platform for documentary family photographers. Turning chaos into art, elevating the documentary image is an intensive and interactive group mentoring program that she's running together with Antonina Mamzenko. And enrolment for the next run of this opens on the 25th of May. There are only 12 spots available, so sign up for the Made for Documentary mailing list at madefordocumentary.com to be the first to know when it launches. More details can also be found on this episode's page on thisreportage.com or thisreportagefamily.com. We have lots more episodes of the podcast available where we speak to family and wedding photographers from all over the world. Delve into our back catalogue to hear from the likes of Agueda Sanfis, Ralu Chase, Anna Hardy, Marina Meadows, Pedro Villela, Valter Antunes, Sitlali Rico, Darren Kerwin, Eve Shepherds, and many more. If you're not yet a member of this reportage or this reportage family, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 individual award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts, hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers, and much more too. The submission deadline is soon now for our next award collections. The deadline is the same for both our wedding site and our family site. Submit by 2359 BST on 24th of May 2021. No poses, nothing staged. This is Reportage. And this is bye for now. <laughs>